Hey everyone, we're back on the Nerd Super Bowl podcast, uh, and let's uh, go through the uh, Super Bowl recap. So the Chiefs uh, won in an overtime thriller game against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, 26-19. to um, And I thought it was a great game, which was all I was asking for. Uh, what was your take on the game, Jack? Yeah, I thought it was a great game as well. It was a, for a lot of the game, it looked like the 49ers were in control until the uh, muffed punt by Ray Ray McLeod and his teammate, who the ball knocked off his leg. But another 10-point blown lead in the Super Bowl for Kyle Shanahan and another 10-point playoff comeback for Patrick Mahomes. So kind of just your run-of-the-mill NFL ending to a season, to be honest with you. I will admit, I I really do enjoy the new overtime rule where each team gets a chance to possess the ball. I know that, you know, others may disagree, but I kind of like the chance of each team getting a chance to score and then having the thrill of the game rely on a two-point conversion. What's your take on that? Yeah, I definitely agree. And there was a lot of uh, talk after the game about the 49ers' decision to... uh take the ball first with this new rule in place and a lot of debate whether or not the players knew that rule that both teams were going to get the ball or not or whether they just wanted to give their defense some rest but it was interesting to see that play out and that was a rule that was obviously partially implemented due to the Chiefs overtime victory against the Bills a couple of years ago and it's just funny that change the rules and still the Chiefs are going to come out on top yeah of that right line. right well um on to uh the some Bears news. So according to Ian Rappaport, the Bears have released guard Cody Whitehair and free free safety Eddie Jackson, which both moves were expected, but honestly were a little bit hard to hear because both of those players have been, you know, class act guys and have contributed to this team in a very good way. You know, um, Whitehair was great player on the offensive line for the past eight years. But, you know, it was time to move on. Eddie Jackson was a pivotal piece on the success from the 2018 Bears defense. But after that year, his production kind of started to decrease. So it was also time to move on. But the good part with that is um, with the release seeing of those two players, we freed up $21.6 million in cap space. So as of right now, we're about... We have $67 million to spend in free agency, which is plenty of money to uh, figure out some positions for either Caleb or uh, if we're going to build around Justin. Um, What's your take on it? Yeah, totally. First off, obviously, thank you to Eddie and Cody. As much as the flack as they've caught from Bears fans the last couple of years for their decline in performance, it's still tough to be in the NFL for eight years or as long as they've been in the league and especially to do it with one team it's impressive you have to have a certain amount of character like you said and skill to stay with one team for that long but as far as the cap space goes it does give us a lot of flexibility this was the right move to make and it was speculated for a long time by a lot of people that ryan poles would do this absolutely and i'm i'm not sure if it's that these moves were because of, of this but one move that i could expect coming soon with the free, um, with the release of Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair, is possibly 
starting up talks with uh, Jalen Johnson to get a extension figured out for him because you know he would probably want 18 to 20 million dollars a year so if you did sign him to a a deal you wouldn't technically be losing money since you just basically freed up 22 million dollars yeah for sure that's a good point Jalen Johnson's obviously someone the Bears should prioritize locking up second team all pro last year had an argument to be first team all pro so a guy the Bears have been uh, delighted with his performance in the last couple of yes, years. Yes, and and I will admit, the Bears have been pretty good at finding corners in the draft or free agency. It's just that this one, if we move on from Jalen Johnson, that would be you know, a stab to the heart for me because he's been such a great player. Yeah, and especially with Roquan leaving last year, year and a half ago now, it was understandable just because Roshan is, or not, Roquan is not someone who plays a premium position that you want to pay a lot of money to, so it mm-hmm. made sense, and we've gotten good production out of his position since he's been gone, but to lose a guy at a premium position like Corner and Johnson, that would be, like you said, a stab to the heart. That's that's why I believe that they should prioritize to get him his deal done before free agency, you know, in, in the next, like, four weeks, you know, maybe start the talks in the next two and figure it out before free agency starts so you don't have to worry about trying to convince him to come back if you let him, like, at least test free agency. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think back to when um, Ryan... Ryan Pace uh, was the GM and the Bears had Kyle Fuller and they uh, slapped the transition tag on him which which means a, a player can go to other teams and and um, get offer sheets and his current team would have, would either let him sign that deal or have a chance to match that offer and the last time that they did that um, Kyle Fuller got his offer matched from the Green Bay Packers, believe it or not. But mm. but um, I wouldn't want that with Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I would not either. Definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we could figure out something for Jalen. Um, moving on to draft talk. Uh, as of right now, the Bears have three picks in the top 100 of picks of the draft. Those picks are 1, 9, and 75, and here are three players that I believe they will target. At number one, it seems inevitable that we will target and most likely take Caleb Williams from the University of South Carolina. Um, According to ESPN.com, Williams started his career at Oklahoma under his current coach, Lincoln Riley, and in his freshman year, he appeared in nine games, getting five starts and threw for 1,912 yards and 21 touchdowns to four interceptions. His sophomore year, he transferred to USC after Lincoln Riley accepted the head coaching job there, and that was really where he took off. During his first year at USC, he threw for 4,500 yards and 42 touchdowns with only five interceptions. 
during his <clears throat> final year at USC, he threw for 3,600 yards and 30, 30 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. It is worth noting that during his final year at, um, at USC, his best receiver was Brandon Rice, and he only had 791 yards. Now, that's not a knock at Brandon Rice at all, because Brandon Rice is the son of Jerry Rice, so he has credibility, but, you know, when you don't have a bona fide number one receiver, that can hurt your production. Yeah, obviously losing Jordan Addison, who he had during his Heisman campaign, hurt him a little bit. We saw what Jordan Addison was mm-hmm. able to do with the Vikings this year. Um, I think a lot of stuff has been coming out recently, as it does sort of every year. Caleb Williams is pretty much the unanimous number one prospect in this draft, but every year there's going to be stuff that comes out trying to say that, oh, teams prefer this guy or this guy, which we've heard with Drake May or Jaden Daniels, who, albeit they are very good prospects and have their strengths, Caleb has been on the biggest stage for a couple years and done what he's done. But it all comes down to what Ryan Poles thinks and how he evaluates quarterbacks. Last year, obviously, he didn't think that Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud were good enough. But one thing I wanted to mention, we're going to talk about a little later on potential landing spots if we were to trade Justin Fields. But in the off chance that the Bears decide that they want to keep Justin Fields and trade out of this number one spot, where do you think that uh, a couple spots they could trade back to would be? So my philosophy on this is if we do stick with Justin, we have to stay within a spot to get Marvin Harrison Jr. And for me, the only the, he's only lasts until probably three or four. So I would say, you know, potential spots to trade back would be with the Patriots or most likely the Cardinals because... I think that the Patriots will want a quarterback because they just got their new head coach and Jared Mayo. Mac Jones hasn't been, you know, living up to the hype after he was drafted to, you know, succeed Tom Brady. Um, And with the Cardinals, they have Kyler Murray, but then again, he just came off his uh, ACL tear and and you know maybe maybe they want to reset the quarterback because there is a, you know there uh, Jonathan Gannon is in his second year as the head coach there and he didn't draft Kyle Murray so sometimes coaches who don't draft a quarterback don't like their quarterback and they could want to get their guy um but you know um whatever the bears do we're Bears fans and Justin Fields fans, so I'll support Justin wherever he goes, but I will also support the Bears. Yeah, and there's been a lot of discourse on Bears Twitter, people fighting between Caleb supporters and Justin supporters, but at the end of the day, we're all Bears fans, and I'm just looking forward to the draft passing and whatever happens happening so we can mm-hmm. just move on and cheer on the team that we all love for the next season. Now, if, if we go to the scenario where we most likely take uh, Caleb Williams at one, the person I would target at nine if he's available is Roman Dunze. I would target um, him because Caleb Williams would want to get another target along with um, DJ Moore and Cole Komet. 
Now, believe me, those are two great targets, but you need more than one um, quality receiver. And, you know, if if we wait to draft someone until nine, uh, Byron Harrison Jr. is going to be gone. So the best uh, next available guy, in my opinion, is Roma Dunze because... Roman Dunze is six foot three, and DJ Moore is you know six foot. So Dunze would be like the jump ball guy, and uh, Moore is like the um, run after catch guy. Um, according to ESPN.com, during his career at Washington, Roman Dunze uh, racked up a total of thirty-two. 100 yards and 24 touchdowns and six um over half that uh and 13 touchdowns actually came this past year at washington so that that's one hell of a year to end your college career on Mm -hmm. to me i think this pick has to come down to whichever of the three main skill guys are available whether that's malik neighbors romo dunze or brock bowers exactly just to get a weapon for either justin or caleb if he's coming in but there is the scenario, unfortunately, where none of these guys are available at this point. And I mm-hmm. think at that point, the most prudent decision that we could make, instead of reaching on somebody, maybe trading back into the mid-teens and taking a defensive end who you can get, who you might take at nine if those guys aren't there, but you could still get at, say, 14, something. 15. So just something to think about. Hopefully one of those guys will be there. I've seen a lot of stuff recently you look at any mock, you search up NFL mock draft on the internet and you go to four and they all have these guys in different orders. So you never really know who's going to be there. It's hard to know what to trust. So see how it plays out on draft day. Yeah. Sadly, that's two months away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to it's gonna fly by faster than people think. <clears throat> so um, if the Bears... This, decide to um take Caleb Williams at uh number one which right now it, it seems like that's the inevitable thing but um with that we'll be ha- we'll have to trade Justin because you can't I've seen scenarios where people are like well you could keep both but that's just stupid you know it's not what well, that doesn't did, make, yeah it doesn't make any sense we went we did that with um with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Like, we drafted Justin at 11, and then we were like, and then Matt Eberflus said that um, um, Andy Dalton was the starter, but the 11th overall pick doesn't get a chance to at least show what he could do. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, don't knock on even. Got to remember though, that was Matt Nagy though that first year. Don't be throwing oh, any, don't be oh. throwing any Eberflus slander out there. Shoot. You're gonna get some. Uh, Flat for some people. No, yeah, that, that was no, but you are right. That was uh, they signed Dalton before and named him the starter, and then decided to trade up and draft Fields and didn't give him a chance to start opening week. So yeah, either way, no matter who it was, it was not a very smart decision. But with with us most likely uh, taking Caleb and tr- trading Justin, we have to start thinking about the best places that he could go to succeed. Hopefully, and with that in mind. I think the best places that would make sense would be Atlanta or Pittsburgh. If we trade Justin to the Steelers, 
I would want to see what it would take for Pittsburgh to give us 20 because I don't think Atlanta would give us um, <clears throat> number 8 for Justin because Justin went number 11 in 20... 2020? 2020? Yeah. Um, so, no, 2021. 2021. 2021. So, uh, so a team wouldn't want to give up a pick that's worth more than what he was originally drafted for, which is why I think 20 is like the sweet spot because they'll get, you know, a quarterback that could be
the draft. And he's also very well known for not um, overpaying people, you know, because that was what, you know, every Bears fan knew about Ryan Pace. He would overpay people to come to the mediocre Bears when he was in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, in the moment, those signings looked awesome. But when you when you go into the next year, when the players' cap hit is, you know, five million over what it should be, you know, you're like, oh, why did you overpay? Hey, you know, that's that's one thing, one of the many things that I like about Ryan Ryan Poles compared to Ryan Pace. Um, one of the other things that I really enjoy about Ryan Pace, Poles over Ryan Pace is um, when he was in uh, Kansas City, he helped them draft uh, Patrick Mahomes. So, which, you know, he turned out to be the absolute stud that he is. So I would not be surprised if he is blown away with what he sees from, um, from uh, Caleb Williams, uh, whether that be at his pro day or the combine, well, most likely being his pro day because the the anonymous uh, first overall pick doesn't usually always do the uh, throwing portion of the combine. He will show up for the meetings, but he won't he won't throw because he doesn't want to hurt himself. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, we've seen guys do that in the past. You know, Lamar Jackson didn't run his 40. Last year, Bryce Young didn't throw at the combine. Most guys would rather have it at their own pro day where they can structure the workout and get one-on-one work with some of the NFL coaches and have them see what they want to see. Right, right. So, um... And if we were to, um... You know... We have to get someone to replace Eddie Jackson. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be in uh, free agency or the draft, but, um, you know, there's going to be some good free agents, uh, safeties out there to to replace him. Um, but, you know, he could also, you know, probably get a good enough one at 75, uh, which we got Eddie Jackson at, like, I think like one twenty. Yeah, there's always there's always hidden gems later on in the draft that other scouting departments miss on that you maybe as a scouting department fall in love with. So mm-hmm. just goes to show that as much as we love to talk about football and stuff, there are a lot of people in the NFL front offices who know more than we do yes, and do a lot we, more scouting than we will ever do in our lives. So yeah. we we know a lot for, you know, uh you know, college kids, amateur you know football enthusiasts but but you know uh scouts are crazy you know they that scouting is their lives they they scout players even before even before they declare for the draft they they can watch them when they're a freshman in college mm-hmm. um but you know uh that's one thing that i will credit uh ryan pace with is he was very well known for finding hitting gems later in the draft. Now, if he only was able to hit on um, the early rounds in the draft, that would 
help us out a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for example, uh, instead of taking Patrick Mahomes with the second overall pick or third overall pick, um, he took he traded up one spot and picked Mitch Trubisky, which is why I'm fearful to take if we took uh, Drake May. Drake May, mm-hmm. because. And I'm not trying to bash on him just because he's from North Carolina, but we did it once, so I had that fear. You know, it's it's just in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to be. We're Bears fans. We live and die with stuff like that. So to take another uh, first-round pick from North Carolina would be a little bit uh, too soon, maybe. Too right, soon. right, yeah. Um, let's see um. So who who was invited? To, who was invited to the combine that that we should uh, watch out for? Would you say? Um, one guy that we uh, didn't touch on yet is that potentially at the seventy fifth pick he might be available still as uh, Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin. Allen's mm-hmm. a guy who, as a person who watches a lot of Big Ten football, as an Illinois football fan, obviously Braylon Allen for the last three years has been one of the better running backs in a conference where it's very hard to run the ball. As a freshman, he ran for over 1,100 yards and over 10 touchdowns at the age of 17. So he's very young for his class. He just turned 20 years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he'll be 20 on draft day. And he's someone that I think he's not the most athletic guy per se. He doesn't have the burst that a lot of people look for in NFL running backs, but I think he could be a good complement to Roshan Johnson, who does have a little bit more of that burst and pass catching mm-hmm. ability. But he's a guy who can give you 15, 20 carries a game and get better as the game goes on. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's the thing about running backs is they're you can get them anywhere, and they'll most likely succeed if they can stay away from injuries, you know. Um, uh, like, we got Roshan Johnson in the fourth round, uh couple of drafts ago 2022 or 20 uh last year so last year last year um but when we but even before that we got uh uh khalil herbert in the 2021 draft you know and that that was a sixth round pick and that and he's been pretty impressive mm-hmm. for where he was picked um let's go uh into detail about um uh Brandon Rice, uh, the son of Jerry Rice's son. Now, like I mentioned earlier, he didn't have, you know, the greatest season for his final season in college. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard when you're playing against the type of competition that USC plays against. Mm -hmm. Which, I will admit, um, you know, I looked at the stats and when Caleb Williams did play high-quality teams... He sucked. Yeah, he did struggle a little bit, and that also could point to what he had around him. Obviously, their defense was pretty atrocious last year, and like you mentioned earlier, they didn't have the same weapons they had had in years prior, Mm -hmm. and I think that USC a lot of the times has gotten away with it a little bit just because the Pac-12 had been down the last couple years, especially the year before last, but this year there were great teams in Washington and Oregon, and Utah was near the top of the conference, so... 
he did struggle a little bit. And Brendan Rice, uh, I don't think he'll ever be a number one NFL wide receiver. I don't no. think anyone expects him to be. But he did have a good uh, senior bowl weekend. And I think he could be someone who, if he's drafted in maybe the third or fourth or fifth round, he could go somewhere. And he obviously knows what it takes, his dad being Jerry and the work ethic that he had. Mm-hmm. But he could definitely latch onto a roster somewhere and become a serviceable wide receiver three. I don't know if it would happen, but um, when C.J. Strout was drafted uh, last year, uh, the Texans got him on the phone and said to him, you know, who is a guy that you have, you know, thrown to or have had the pleasure of uh, playing with that you would like us to target for you? And, you know, his answer was take Dell, and lo and behold, in the third round of last year's draft the Texans took Tank Dell to pair with CJ Stroud and they were one hell of a duo Mm -hmm. until he got hurt so if hypothetically the Bears take uh, Caleb Williams and do the same thing and say hey like who do you want us to target for you later on in the draft so you can have someone you're familiar with if Brandon Rice is available in the third or fourth round that, you know, Poles would be comfortable taking him in that spot, just so Caleb has some familiarity with someone, mm-hmm. I could see the Bears taking a shot. Yeah, I could as well. It just really depends on where the chips fall with the rest of the draft. And- yeah. Definitely don't want to reach on guys, but it depends on what positions we're going to need to still fill after free agency. So a lot still to shake out, but definitely, I think, a guy to keep an eye on, as you said, just because of his familiarity with Caleb and Mm -hmm. obviously very big possibility of Caleb coming here. Um, So let's let's go into um, the fact that everywhere Caleb has been, Lincoln Riley has also been, Mm -hmm. since since that's, that's a topic that people might want to read into. Um, So, like I said earlier, um, Caleb Williams started his college career at Oklahoma and then transferred to USC. Um, When he was at Oklahoma, his his head coach was also Lincoln Riley, but then uh, Lincoln Riley uh, wanted a better program, I guess, uh, and got the USC job. Um, do you think it's a possibility that Caleb Williams' success is just because of the fact that Lincoln Riley has been wherever he's been? Yeah, I think that is a good point that you bring up, but the one thing I will say kind of in uh, opposition of that is Lincoln Riley is a great judge of quarterback talent. You look at the quarterbacks he's had over the last several years, he went from Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray, getting both of whom were transfers, obviously, getting Jalen Hurst to transfer in. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Spencer Rattler. But he moved off Spencer Rattler as fast as he possibly could, to be honest, in promoting Caleb Williams to the starting job. Spencer Rattler, if people remember, was what Caleb was supposed to be. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school, supposed to be this great quarterback coming in, phenom. He struggled. Lincoln recognized that and knew what he had in Caleb. And I think that it just shows the fact that he wanted Caleb to come with him to USC, just a vote of confidence from Lincoln. And 
none of the quarterbacks that I mentioned before have been all pro level quarterbacks in the NFL really yet, besides Jalen Hurts last year or two years ago, but they have all been pretty solid NFL quarterbacks. They've all believe I believe made a Pro Bowl and they're all guys who have led teams to the playoffs at some point in their career. So I think it's not too big of a concern that his success is directly tied to Riley. Now it is worth noting that uh, Caleb Williams and, you know, the USC Trojans or when he was at Oklahoma have never been to the playoffs or to a national championship game and people people might want to diss on that a little bit and say oh and he's not worth drafting in the as the first overall pick if if the bears decide to do that you know i can see where you're coming from but i can also you know i also have a little bit of perspective on the other side because there have been teams that take a a quarterback in the first round that have never been to the college football playoffs or have never won the national championship and that quarterback has had success so what would your take be on that yeah I think at the end of the day football is a game for a reason that's comprised of 53 guys in a roster and 11 people going off against each other at one time on the field 11 on 11 it's not just a quarterback versus a defense it's not just a quarterback as they get a lot of the credit and a lot of the blame sometimes, but it is not all on their shoulders. They need a strong supporting cast. And Caleb never truly had a strong enough supporting cast, I think, to carry him or help him carry them to the college football playoff. You look at Mahomes never made a college football playoff. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Like There are guys who are in the league right now who didn't have that let's say team success in college Lamar Jackson as well when he won the Heisman his team lost four or five games I believe mm-hmm. so it's I think it's a it's a valid thing to bring up but I don't think it should be too much of a concern yeah you know it, that's the hard thing because you know in my opinion the only like always shooing people that will make the college football playoffs every year are teams like Alabama LSU and Clemson, you know, teams that are, you know, glorified in getting the best talent, you know, in college football recruiting, thanks to all the recruiters and all that stuff and their their visits and everything like that. But just because you haven't been to the college football playoffs or haven't been to the national championship, it doesn't mean that you're going to stink in the NFL. Because... In my opinion, if Caleb Williams is drafted number one, this Bears team, uh, with what we could possibly add in free agency and in the draft to help him out, would be a great situation. I agree 100% with you. Because, you know, usually when um, the team that has the first overall pick is has the first overall pick because... They have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we made the trade with Carolina this past offseason. Uh, thank you, Carolina, uh, for everything that you gave us. Um, you, know, you know, they had nothing, and we took their number one receiver. And mm-hmm. if DJ Moore was still in Carolina with Bryce Young, I think that would have helped out a lot. Yeah, obviously having a weapon like that can help out any quarterback. Just having a reliable guy you know you can throw to. But I think uh, 
as much as Carolina's a nice area, I think DJ was probably happy after the quarterbacks he had to finally get out of there. And now either having Justin or Caleb next year will be a huge upgrade to anything he ever had in Carolina. Before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I am ecstatic for what is to come. You know, we sit, we, we football fans think that everything is so far away, but a month will go by fast. It's not as far as you think. Trust me, I hate that I can't see any sports news right now because of it it being the start of the off season. But there's still sports and news. It's just not what we would qualify as exciting or important. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's going to be our show for uh, this week. I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, This is Grant and Jack signing off. See ya.